0: Good morning. The scripture reading today is Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 14. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who die to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Well, Scott mentioned the the earthquake in Japan that happened on New Year's Day. Uh, But back in 2011, uh, some of you might remember Japan had the biggest earthquake Uh, hit it, that it's ever recorded. It was a a 9.0 magnitude earthquake. It was so powerful that it literally shifted the earth off of its axis. And it triggered this massive uh, tsunami, one wave in it, standing 33 feet tall, that, that collided with the main island of Honshu killing over 18,000 people, wiping whole towns completely off of the map. The tsunami was, was so powerful that it, it surged over the walls at the Fukushima power plant, a uh, nuclear plant, knocking out power to an entire city uh, as the whole world watched the lights go out on hundreds of thousands of people. Can you imagine that? A city without power. I will being here in Orlando where we get hurricanes, we can imagine that. We know the the frustration and the the helplessness that that creates. Well, can you imagine a Christian without power? I can. See, if you're you're at all like me, life, uh, it it can kind of feel like you're that city sometimes, can't it? There's this tsunami of sin and brokenness all around us that that can make us feel powerless, can make us feel helpless to change anything, that this broken world, it's just going to run its course, and we're hoping the damage won't be too bad in the end. And yet I think I think if we're being honest about the the day-to-day reality that we walk around in, where we really feel powerless, isn't so much the tsunami outside us, it's the one inside us. The sin and brokenness surging over our hearts, knocking our lives off the axes. You know, sin, it's relentless. Isn't it? Uh, maybe you felt that over this past couple weeks. It, it never gives us a break, right? This is supposed to be the happiest time of year. Only sins just waiting around the corner of our hearts to sabotage life and goodness in you. It can make you feel powerless. I mean, if if we can't stop the tsunami outside of us, then there's no chance that we're going to be able to stop the tsunami inside of us. How can we find freedom? How can we find hope? How can we find something that is powerful enough to change the conversation about our sin? Well, Paul Paul's going to show us today. And this morning we're, we're jumping back into this series uh, that we've been doing, going through the book of Romans. Now, if you're like me and you're still emerging from your month-long sugar-induced coma and you can't quite remember anything that happened before Thanksgiving, what's the book of Romans about? Well, the Apostle Paul wrote this book to to captivate our hearts with the wonder of the gospel. That on our own, we, we are more broken and sinful than we will ever know. And yet when by faith we belong to Jesus, we are more loved, cherished, embraced, and enjoyed than we ever thought possible. That we are fully known and fully loved by God the Father as much as he loves his son Jesus, and there is now nothing that we can do to change that. Because in the gospel, this is all true of you, not by doing more and and trying harder, but by grace and grace alone, meaning you can never lose this astonishing love. And where we're picking up today in chapter 6, Paul's showing us how if you're a Christian, this gospel uh, just keeps getting better and better and better and better as we go. Paul's writing the the passage that Giselle read to to people like him who who face the daily relentlessness of their sin. To people like you and me who have moments where, where we feel powerless to the brokenness inside us. And he's writing it to give us hope. Not with five steps to a victorious life, with one step to a victorious Jesus who in the gospel frees us from the grip of sin. So there's two things that we're going to look at in this passage this morning. How Jesus wins a freedom for us. And second, how Jesus works that freedom within us. So first, Jesus wins freedom for us. Paul, he he starts this passage off asking a question. Should we sin? Should we sin so that we get more grace? Now, it's actually not that crazy to ask based off of what Paul's just said. In chapter 5, just before our passage, Paul says that in the gospel, no matter how much sin there is in us, is in you, there is always abundantly more grace, forgiveness, and love in God. That as God himself says in the gospel, he will never cast us out, never leave us, never forsake us. That as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for us. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our sins from us. That as Psalm 136 says, 26 times over in the gospel, God's love never quits, never stops, never gives up on us. And so Paul asks the question here that I think people were probably asking him when they'd hear him say all this. So should we sin more then so that we experience more of this forgiveness and grace And what was Paul's answer? No. (laughs) Heck no. Not in a million years. Not a chance. But not for the reason we might expect. See, Paul doesn't say, oh, no, 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 (laughs) no. No, you guys totally misunderstood me. I have made God come across way more gracious than he really is. No, on, on our best days, he is still reluctant to forgive us. Now, he's, he's okay up to a point, but in the end, like all of us, he has his limits, even if you belong to Jesus. No, Paul's answer to this question isn't, isn't to tone the gospel down, but, but actually to turn it up louder. You see, in the book of Romans, Paul, he describes being a Christian uh, a whole bunch of different ways. So he says a Christian is someone who, who's had the love of God poured into their heart, A Christian is someone who's free from condemnation. A Christian is someone who's a a cherished child of God. And and here in chapter 6, he says a Christian is someone who's dead to sin. I'm going to reach back into a, a 90s movie reference while I still can for a couple more years. The Sixth Sense. Anybody ever remember seeing that? Being absolutely terrified as a child? Glad to see I'm not the only one who couldn't sleep after that. What was Bruce Willis's character's problem? The whole movie that you don't find out until the, the very end. He was dead and he didn't even know it. Well, Paul's saying to ask the question, should, should we sin more so that we get more of this forgiveness and grace from God, it is to forget that the, the gospel means We're dead. We're dead to sin. That as he says in verse 2, we are those who have died to sin, so how could we live in it any longer? Now, what what does that really mean, to be dead to sin? Well, here are some things just based off of the rest of the book of Romans that it can't mean. Being dead to sin can't mean we'll never want to sin again. Uh, it can't mean that life will become this neat upward trajectory where every day we are sinning a little bit less than the day before. It can't mean making promises to God that that we're never going to do some certain sin ever again. So, what does it mean? Well, in Romans 5, Paul tells us the the incredible news about how the gospel frees us from the penalty of sin. And here in chapter 6, he's telling us how the gospel frees us from the power of sin. That the gospel isn't just God forgiving us, it's also God making a decisive break in us and for us. We're no longer under the reign and rule of sin. If you're a Christian, you are, you are out from its grip. It can't bully you around anymore. It can't corner you into doing what it wants you to do. We've died to sin. We're freed from its power. We're out from under its thumb. And the reason, guys, the reason is even more amazing than the result. In verses 5 through 10, Paul tells us how we're freed from the power of sin, and, and beginning to end, it is all of Jesus. On Luke 4, Jesus preaches his first ever sermon, and in it, he says, The Spirit is upon me to proclaim freedom to prisoners to set the captives free. Jesus came with a heart that beat for people like you and me who apart from him were powerless to our sin, who were held hostage to the brokenness in us, who were being dictated by the evil reigning over us, and all of that, it didn't scare Jesus away. It only drew him in closer until he could get close enough to us that he could share with you the victory that he has won for you in the gospel. See, in verse 5, Paul says that that in the gospel we are united, we are intimately connected with Jesus in his death. And here's why that's important. You see, death as the punishment for sin is the place where sin reigns. It's it's the place where, where sin wields its tyrannical rule. And so Jesus, with an audacious compassion, stormed into that place for you. In a surrendered love, dying, verse 10, to sin once for all. And when Jesus died, we died with him. So that now, verse 8, we could be resurrected like him. Because three days later, Jesus, our brother, stood up to the bully let a revolt out of the realm of death, overthrowing the reign of sin and his resurrection, and boldly walking into the uncharted territory of new creation life, where he in heaven now laughs at sin's puny power. And he's taken you there with him. in the mystery of grace now in our hearts. And on the day of Jesus' return, stunningly in our whole bodies, we have been risen into a new reality, into a freedom that only Jesus can bring, where we have once and for all been set free from the power of sin. The gospel is Jesus taking us out of one reality and joyfully bringing us with him into a whole new one. If you belong to Jesus, you are no longer under the reign of sin. You are under the reign of grace. You are under the reign of the unchanging embrace of God. Meaning your past does not predetermine your future. Your story does not block hope for whole new possibilities. Your addictions don't have to control you. No matter how powerless you feel, no matter how defeated you may be this morning, you in Jesus are not destined to a lifelong cycle of failure, shame, repeat. Sin doesn't have to be the inevitable outcome anymore. Because Jesus, with wounded hands, broke the chains of sin over your life and has now welcomed you into his kingdom of love-bought freedom. So Jesus wins a freedom for us. And second, he he works that freedom within us. Um, I don't know, but, but maybe you're thinking right now, okay... This is saying that that if I'm a Christian, this is my whole new reality. I'm free from the power of sin. It's not reigning over my life. It's not pulling the strings on my heart like a puppet anymore. Well, that doesn't always feel like my reality. No, instead, here's what my reality can often feel like. Now, During the Cold War, Russia devised this massive system of forced labor camps called the gulags, most of them uh, in some of the most extreme places above the Arctic Circle. Uh, over 18 million people spent time as prisoners in the gulags. Escape was next to impossible, uh, but one guy uh, decided he was going to give it a try. And so he, he spent months and months figuring out how he's going to do it, planning it down to every last detail. And that the day came, he hatched his plan, and it worked. He broke out. He was free. And for seven days, he wandered around in the woods, in the middle of nowhere, until he got so hungry and thirsty, he went back and put himself back in his old cell. And he told some of the prisoners afterwards about it. Freedom isn't for us. We're chained to this place the rest of our lives, even if we aren't even wearing chains. We can escape, wander about, but in the end, we'll always come back. Does that feel like your reality sometimes? Because I know it does mine Jesus has set us free from the power of sin. It doesn't have to be the inevitable outcome anymore. And and, and yet my heart, our hearts can so easily think freedom, freedom isn't for me. I can wander about for a bit, but in the end, I will always come back to my brokenness and sin. Why is that? Well, because in the gospel, we, we are dead to sin, but sin isn't dead in us. And Paul, <laughs> Paul knows this all too well. In the next chapter, he'll say that there are things that I, I want to do, but I don't, and, and things that I don't want to do, but, but I keep doing. And so it's because of this reality that Paul knows of what's still in his heart, of what's still in our hearts, that he says to us in verse 12, don't let sin reign then in your body. Don't give it even an inch so that you obey its evil desires. Don't let anything sabotage, try to sabotage Jesus' reign of grace over your heart. But how do we do that? Because here's the message I think we can so often hear in our sin. Uh, in, in Star Trek, there's this alien race called the Borg. And uh, the, their, their whole thing is they're trying to take over the Star Trek ship, they're trying to take over the whole universe. And they have this phrase if you've ever watched Star Trek, you probably have heard this, even if you haven't watched Star Trek. They have this phrase they say over and over again. Resistance is futile. You must assimilate. Uh, it's been made into memes all over the internet. Um, my favorite one is one with Dwight from The Office saying it. But in moments of temptation to sin, isn't that the message we hear sometimes in our hearts? Go on, gossip about that person. Envy someone else's story. Rehearse so-and-so's failures. Linger in that cynicism. Click on that webpage. Resistance is futile. Guys, in the the face of our sin, how, how do we activate this freedom that Jesus won for us? How do we we hit the detonator on it in our hearts and lives so that it becomes more and more of our reality? Well, Paul tells us. Uh, Before he tells us in verse 12 not to let sin reign in our hearts, Paul says in verse 11, in this way, consider, consider yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Jesus Christ. See so what Paul's doing here is he's he's telling us to preach the gospel to ourselves, to continually rehearse and remind ourselves of what has already happened. That that sin's reign has already come crashing to an end. Jesus has already claimed us in love, and one day he will make the defeated sin in us become eradicated sin. Paul says we we stop sin reigning in our hearts not by by trying to muster up some superhuman, super Christian strength inside of us that we're going to do it, but by embracing the truth of all the gospel means for us. Because when we speak the gospel to ourselves, or when we open up with the honesty and specificity the gospel both invites and requires to someone else about the places in our lives where we are not living as free as Jesus intends us to be, and they speak the gospel to us, it breaks sin's power. Guys, there is no more sin-disrupting, destroying power than grace. The temptation in you, it may feel strong, but let me tell you, it is never stronger than the power of God's provision in you in Jesus. Jesus, the friend of sinners who's come to set you free, who when we're tempted puts his arm around us as one who the book of Hebrews says has been tempted in every way just as we are, who can look at us and say, it's hard, isn't it? I know who promises to you that that while sin may never give you a break in the gospel, you will never have a Jesus absent day. And who tells us now what he once told Peter, Satan wants to sift you like wheat, but I'm praying for you. He might roar like a roaring lion, but I am reigning as your victorious king and while satan can't wait for you to give in so so he can shame you belittle you rub your nose in it even if you do give in i will never be ashamed to call you my brother my sister how does this freedom how does it get worked within us how do we stop sin reigning in our hearts by constantly gazing at Jesus, by focusing not so much on on the places where we've let sin recapture lost territory, but by dwelling on the truth, beauty, and goodness of Jesus' reign over us, by in our moments of weakness not trying to find and unlock some super Christian power in us, but instead collapsing on to Jesus and his liberation of grace. Because as our hearts grow tender to our risen King Jesus, we realize resistance is never futile. Satan is. Because we're living under the reign of grace. And one day we're going to be resurrected like Jesus when he will free us not only from the power of sin, but the presence of it forever. Let's pray, guys, and give thanks to God.. <laughs> Father, we, we come to you right now. We're, we're weak. We confess that the sin in us, it, it feels so strong at times. We confess it, it feels stronger than your grace. It feels stronger. Jesus and so Holy Spirit we need you we need you to take this good news from Romans 6 and press it deeper and deeper and deeper into our hearts so that we can live more and more and more out of the love-bought freedom that is ours all in Jesus do that today do it right now even as we come to the Lord's table Amen.